0: Good morning. Good morning. Y'all do know that was a Christian song, right? It had Lord in it twice. <laughs> anyway, we're glad to see you here today and you know we're going to continue our series today. In our world today, uh, there are a lot of people that are trying to uh, steal our identity and it's a thriving business. I mean people are just looking for ways. Uh, somebody was just telling me recently they went to Food Lion and uh, that was before you know food line went away. Yes, and uh, They said that uh, they swiped their card and somebody had put some kind of deal on the uh, machine and they were sitting out in the parking lot and stole their credit card information their debit card information You know people try to make a living out of stealing our identity watch this
1: I'm wanted in four states, but so good got me new driver's license and a sweet new pickup V8 baby, 500 horsepower. Oh, and for them mud flaps with the naked ladies on them, Mamacita. And the best part is, it's all free. Yeah, well, for me at least.
0: (laughs) Anybody ever seen those mud flaps with the naked women on them? They're chrome. I mean, like we used to sell them where I worked uh, at Truck Enterprises, and they were they were big sellers. Uh, anyway, I never bought any um, That has to do though with protecting our money And our investments and all that This series is about protecting And discovering our, u- our unique God-given identity You see, but uh, God's uh, number one spiritual enemy And our number one spiritual enemy He doesn't want you and me uh, to discover our identity So he tempts us to believe the labels that people put on us, you know, that, uh, that uh, he and others like to brand us with. And last week, Gay shared with us how he wants to distort our identity through our feelings and buy into those lies that our feelings tell us. This week, we're going to look at how he tries to distort our identity uh, by trying to convince us that we are what we do. In our culture today, not only men, but also women seem to get their identity and their self worth from their work. You know, like Gay said, uh, when, when you meet a person for the very first time, what do you talk about? There's two things that I usually talk about the weather, right? Or your job. It's crazy we talk about the weather. We're standing outside and it's snowing. And they say, hey, what do you think about the weather? Oh, it's snowing. Hey. But uh, you talk about what you do for a living. I mean, it comes up uh, right at the beginning of the conversation. Most times, the first question we ask is, what do you do for a living? And we answer that, uh, hey, I'm an engineer, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, I'm a computer geek, I'm a mechanic, I'm a clerk at Walmart or a government contractor or I work for VDOT or a real estate agent or I'm a stay-at-home mom or I'm a teacher or a pastor and so on and so on. And one of the reasons for that is because we let work identify us. This is one of the most common ways that uh, we distort our identity. And many of us believe and that we believe that we are what we do. You know, it's the belief that our worth comes from what we do. This distortion has affected me uh, really big time, most of my life. It's uh, this thing about finding my worth and my value and how well I do my job. You know, the majority, uh, if you're like me, the majority of us were brought up to believe what we accomplished to find us. And it, and it gave us our self-worth. And my family, I mean, the big deal in my family was you learn to work hard. I mean, you, the harder you work, the better guy you was and uh, the more praise you got. My mom's 86 years old. And I'll call my mom up today or tomorrow. She don't usually. But I, I'll, I'll, if I call her up tomorrow afternoon and I say, hey, mom, how was your day? She'll say, well, not a very good day. And i say, well, mom, she well, I didn't get much done around the house today. And I thought, Mom, you're 86 years old. Give yourself a break. And she said, Boy, your dad, he worked hard today. Now, my dad, he's 80 some, and he works every day. He gets up every morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, uh, goes to work at 4.30, has his own garage. He works on cars, does state inspections, brake jobs, with oil changes and all that stuff. And he works till 4 o'clock every day, Monday through Friday, because, man, I worked hard today. <laughs> and you know, he'll shake my hand. He'll say, boy, you ain't done no work lately, have you? <laughs> <laughs> no, Dad, I have nothing. Uh, <laughs> but I was, you know, I was taught that that's where you get your self-worth from. Uh, you worked hard and you accomplished things. And when you accomplished things, you got praise for it. Very early in my life, I learned to base my self-worth and my identity on how hard I worked, even in school. You know, uh, uh, you know, I like to say, you know, people be talking about kids and say, man, they got a B. Well, if I got a D, we had a party. But <laughs> I'm saying, though, even as grade school, you know, you get our identity and our self-worth from the praise that we get or the discipline we get over grades. Wow, look at that. You got all A's. Oh, my gosh, you got a B. And, uh, you know, and so we find our self-worth. I got to get A's to, to have, uh, you know, the praise and the adoration. Therefore, we grow up believing that we, the lie that we are what we do. You know, the wisest man in the Bible, they say, uh, was Solomon. And, and, and he lived, uh, uh, he, he tried to find his identity and what he did. Ecclesiastes, if you uh, look at that in chapter 2, it says, My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. In other words, Solomon was saying, look at what I've done. Look at what I've accomplished. Look what i built. i built this great kingdom and I've got all this money and i got all these women and wives and all these buildings and all these vineyards. Look at me. Look at me. I, I'm the man. Look at everything I've done. Isn't it awesome? But then if you just read one verse later uh, in verse 11, you see the result of Solomon putting his self-worth his self-worth and what he did. He said, yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had told to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. In other words, if you believe our self-worth comes from what we do, then then, then what happens if you lose your job? You know, are, are you any less a person if you're on unemployment? Because you lost your job than you are if you work every day of your life? Or, are you any less person? You know, while you know, not getting our paycheck is a, a big deal, it doesn't change who we are. You know, in, in the eyes of God, you're still the same person whether you're working or you're not working. If you define yourself and you get your identity and self-worth by what you do, then it does, it does define you. If you judge yourself by how much you make, then if your salary gets cut in half, then you'll only be worth half as much because you're only making half as much as you used to make. So, so you just, do you see why we need to get away from getting our self-worth and our identity from our work and, and how much uh, we make? In the eyes of God, you are no different. You're no different if you make $100,000 a year if you make $20,000 a year. You're no different in God's eyes. And so if God doesn't see a difference in me and, my, and how much I make and what job I have, then, then why should I? You see, we, we, we need to get away from defining ourselves and getting our worth and our identity by our work. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have a good job, and I'm not saying you shouldn't strive to have a, a good job and, and, and do your job and, and, and earn uh, what you can and, and to uh, get some things that, that you need. I, I, a good job is very important to have. So I, I'm not saying that. But what, I, but what you do for a living, you just don't want to get your self-worth and your identity from that. You are not your job title. And you're more than an eight to five. You're more than eight to five. So, so if I'm not what I do, then who am I? Well, I want to answer that question today, uh, uh, but before I do, I want us to look at the story about Mark, uh, uh, about some fishermen in Mark who discovered that who they were after they had an encounter with Jesus Christ on the uh, uh, shore. Now, here's the story. you find it in Mark chapter 1. If you got your Bibles, if not, it's on the screen. You can follow along with us. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. They were identified as fishermen. The Bible says they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And the Bible says that once they left their nets and followed him. And when he had gone, Jesus had gone, a little farther, he, said James, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a, bu- in a boat preparing their nets. And he, and he said, uh, the Bible says, without delay he called them, And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and they followed him. Now, when Jesus recruits his first followers, they were a close-knit group of friends and small business owners and brothers who were running a fishing business. And they were in the business. And he dangles, Jesus comes along, and from the shoreline, he dangles some bait in front of them. And he says to them, come Follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. There's a translation that says, I will make you fishers of men. Now, like you and I, these men have always most likely identified themselves by their job. They were fishermen. If you would ask them who they, what they did for a living, they would say, we're fishermen. Because normally what we do defines who we are. And the Bible says very clearly that they were fishermen. And so Jesus is appealing, when he dangles that bait in front of them, he's appealing to the deepest place in their soul, that deep place where all of us have in our soul, the place where where their identity lives. And when he offers to give them a, then he offers to give them a new purpose in their life, to become fishers of men. And today, God uh, wants us, if we are still identifying ourselves with our self worth and our job, uh, God may be at, gay too, but God may be asking you to trade who you see yourself to be for His purpose for your life. You see, God designed us to live with purpose. And He was calling out the disciples and He was saying to them, Your purpose is to become fishers of men to follow me and be fishers of men. And, and God designed us to live with purpose. And, and he wants us to refocus our purpose from what we do to what he wants us to do. He wants us, you know, we think our purpose is to be a salesman. And God wants our purpose to focus, refocus our purpose from what I do to what he wants me to do and what he designed me to do. Every person is born with purpose. The Bible says the purpose of a per, the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but he but boy, but one who has insight draws them out. Every one of us in this room today, those of you that are online or in the cafe, every one of us, no matter where you spent last night, no matter what you think about yourself, you were created in the image of God. Every one of us. The Bible teaches us. From the beginning of time, we were created in the image of God. Each of us, since we were created in the image of God, each one of us were born with a purpose and a calling that we can discover that purpose and that calling in our life or or we can completely miss it and go on doing life like we've always done life. Working at your job and, 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 and taking care of your family is certainly a part of God's purpose For your life. But it's not the only thing that God has in mind for you. You see, living with purpose is a foundational element of God's original design. As I said earlier, He designed you and I, each of us, with a purpose. When He knit you together and and when He knit us together in our mother's womb, He knit us within us, in our soul, uh, uh, for a purpose. You see, you cannot find your purpose, your true purpose. No one can find their true purpose apart from God. The the purpose that we were created for. You see, in the end, our identity is so much more that, that it's so much more fulfilling than just what we do for eight hours a day. So whether we're picking up garbage or sitting out uh, uh, in a cubicle somewhere, our identity and our purpose is found in who Christ says we are. It's found in who Christ designed us to be and do uh, uh, with our lives. So who am I and what is my purpose? Paul says in Ephesians, he says, "'For we are God's workmanship.'" Now Gabe uh, spoke and talked from the same passage last week and, and another translation says we are God's ma- masterpiece, but we are God's handiwork. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. He created us to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You get what I'm saying here now? Your purpose was knit in you, was created in you. And Paul said that God created us so that we are not here by accident. You know, some people think, well, I'm just an accident. My mom and dad really didn't plan for me. I'm an accident. No one in the face of the earth, no one in the face of the earth is here by accident. Because Paul uh, Paul is telling us that whether our parents think we're an accident or not, we're still God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. We're not here by accident and that God has a purpose for each of us. Now, now, like the fishermen in our story, God has a bigger purpose, ha- had a, a bigger purpose for them than just fishing. He, he, his greater purpose for their lives was to be fishers of men to be the men who would eventually spread the gospel around the world. Think about those men that were sitting in that boat that day that many years ago when Jesus was walking on earth, those men that he called from the shoreline and said, hey, come follow me, those same men, God prepared them to spread the gospel around the world. And you're sitting here today, if you and I are believers in Jesus Christ, we are here today and we're going to heaven and we're forgiven of our sins because those men realized they had a greater purpose than getting their boat ready and going fishing every day. And that purpose was to take the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, and spread it around the world a whole lot different than fishing for fish. You see, God's purpose for us is bigger than us. It's bigger than us. And it's personal. It's for you. It's for me. It's for your life. His purpose will give you reason if you have no reason to get up every day. You see, it's in God's purpose that we discover who we are. It's not in what we do. So how do I discover God's purpose for my life? First thing first, you make a decision to follow Jesus. You make a decision to follow Jesus. You can't discover God's purpose for your life if you're not following Jesus, if you're not in relationship with him. Look at verse 18 of our story. It said, at once they left their nets and followed him. In other words, the Bible says the moment They heard the voice of Jesus calling. They made the decision to leave their nets and follow him. And if you want to to discover a greater purpose for your life than getting up in the morning to eat a little breakfast and brushing your teeth and and going to work for eight hours and coming home to eat a little dinner uh, to kick back in your recliner... I just got a new recliner this week and I'm going to do that. Uh, and, and fall asleep, which I will do, and eventually go to bed and get up in the morning and do it over and over and over again. Then you have to make a decision to follow Jesus. You have to make a decision. And some of you here today or maybe watching online have made, never made a decision to follow Jesus. And I'm telling you today, God's greatest purpose for you is to have a personal relationship with him through Jesus Christ. God's greatest purpose for your life is for you and I to have a personal relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And once you decide to follow Jesus and you've received God's forgiveness, then you are ready to discover the rest of the purpose for your life. The next thing, the next thing that I see about these ordinary men was they made a decision to commit their lives completely to God. And if you want to find and discover your purpose, you too will have to make a decision to commit your life completely to God. It can't be half in, half, halfway thing. It's got to be all in. You got to be all in. Completely surrendered to God before you do anything else you got to be willing to surrender your life totally to Jesus Christ. In verse 20 of our story it says that when Jesus called James and his brother John the Bible says they left their uh, their father Zebedee in the boat with their hired men and followed him. Now not only did they make a decision to follow him Jesus, this scripture indicates to me that they committed everything they committed their whole life. Completely to God. They were not half in. They didn't say, Let us fish a little bit longer. Let me do this, and one day, God, I'll follow you and you can make me fishers of men. No, the Bible says they left their father. I mean, this father has poured his life into these guys. He had to. He was probably passing the small business right down to their children. And these dudes get up and leave him on the boat. I mean, they just leave him sitting there. And said, "See you later, Dad. You know they left their mother. The Bible says that if we if we we gotta hate our mothers and our fathers and our brothers and our sisters if we're gonna follow God. Not literally hate them, but He has got to be more important than those folks are in uh, they are in our lives. They left their business. I mean, they probably worked most of their life to build up a good business. I mean, they were probably top dog fishermen. They had hired hands, they had people working for them. I mean, they were running a small business and they said, Forget it, forget it, God. I'm giving it up. Uh, they left their hired hands, who probably were their friends, they left their livelihood. This is what these guys did for a living. I mean, they were nuts. But they left because they realized that God had a greater purpose for him. They walked away from the only thing they knew how to do in life, and that was to fish. That's all they knew. They grew up fishing. They were going to die fishing. My dad grew up working on cars, and he's probably going to die down there one day under a car. I mean, that's, they just grew up. That's all they knew how to do. Why did he do that? Because when Jesus called them, he told them, in essence, that he had a greater purpose for their lives. To fish for men. In an instance, they discovered that it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. It was in an instant that they realized it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. And they suddenly realized, wow, wow. Now I know what I'm living for. Their identity was no longer in what they did. It was who Jesus said they were, fishers of men. And it was at that moment that these ordinary men offered themselves completely to God. And they discovered their greater purpose in life. In Romans, Paul Paul gives us instructions on how to discover our purpose. He said in Romans 12:1 he says offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God dedicated to his service. Don't conform to the standards of this world. These dudes were not conforming to the standards of this world. I can tell you that. They got out of the boat and left and followed someone that only heard they only heard from the shoreline. And the world will tell you this morning that is nuts for you to leave your job, to walk away from your family business, to leave the thing that you only knew, that's the only thing you ever knew to do with your life. Don't conform to the standards of this world, but let God transform you. Then you will be able to know the will of God, what is good and pleasing and purpose. Then you will be able to know the purpose of God for your life. And that purpose is good and pleasing and perfect. You see, if you commit yourself, if you dedicate yourself, if you offer yourself completely to God, and you do that sincerely, you will soon discover God's purpose for your life. You can't miss it. And if you're seriously committed to God, you can't miss it, like the men in our story. You must be willing to give up on yourself. You you must be willing to to give up your family, give up your plans, your dreams, your livelihood, and and what others think to find who Jesus says you are. Now, I don't know what God may call you to give up, But if you want to know your purpose, whatever he asks you to give up, you need to give up. What's God's purpose like? Well, the Bible says it's good. And it is. It's good. God's purpose for your life is good. It's not easy. It's not always pleasant. But it's good. It's good. It's pleasing. It pleases you. I mean, it, 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 it pleases you. It, the Bible says it's perfect. It's perfect for you. Perfect in the Greek literally means it fits me. It it, it means it's just what I want to be. It's just what I want to be. It's what I ought to be. It's who I am. Well, how to discover God's purpose in my life, the scripture says to offer. God, here I am. I offer myself to you, God, here I am. Dedicate, Lord. I'm committed. I'm dedicated. Whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to do because I am dedicated to this in my life. I am dedicated. It says to dedicate every part of your life. God, here I am. Use me. If you want to get serious about what about what about your identity and purpose, you will have to decide to dedicate yourself totally to God. And that's why I believe that so many people never live this life fully discovering who God made it, created them to be, never fully are able to enjoy the perfect good and pleasing and perfect will of God because we're not willing to give up. We're not willing to give up ourselves. We're not willing to give up what we believe and what our plans are, what our dreams are, what we've worked so hard for. For some of you here today, it, it might be time for you to say, take this job and shove it. I mean, I mean some of you known most of your life that God has a call on your life, but you're hanging on to everything you can hang on to, and it might be time for you to walk into your boss tomorrow. And this is not for everybody, but there might be somebody sitting here or listening that needs to walk into your job tomorrow and say, take this job and shove it. Lord, I ain't working here no more. I ain't working here no more. It's not for everybody. But some of you, God's got a call on your life. The worst and best day of my life is when I walked into my boss at Truck Enterprises where I'd worked for 17 years, had a great job, making as much money, more money I ever thought I would make in my life. And I said, Jim, take this job and shove it. I didn't say it like that. It was the worst, best day of my life. It's time, in other words, you might say, I ain't going to find my identity in this job no more. I'm going to do what God wants me to do with my life. And God's saying, finally. Maybe today, for the very first time, you realize that God has a greater purpose for your life. If so, it's time for you, as Jesus says, it's time for you to grow up and live out your God-created identity because it takes a strong person to, It takes a person that's mature and grown up to live out your God-created identity and no longer buy into the world standards, but say, you know what? I'm going against what the world says. I'm going against what my family says. My dad says I'm the dumbest son that he ever raised when I said I was leaving uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia and moving to Woodbridge, Virginia. He said, I didn't think you were so dumb. Well, he doesn't know me well enough. (laughs) And lastly, we need to spend time with God. You know, the men in our story went from working their tails off fishing on a fishing boat. You know, you ever been on a fish kind of thing to go out in the water and fish out in the Chesapeake Bay? I mean, those dudes work hard. I had a good friend that uh, his father was a fisherman. My gosh, he worked hard. And it's hard work, you know, on a fishing boat. They went from working their tails off on a fishing boat every day to doing the only thing they knew to do to spending every day with Jesus. Every day. For three years, they spent time with him. Every day, learning how to fish for men. If you read the rest of Mark... Uh, one, you'll, you'll see where they, they were with him in Capernaum when he, he taught in the synagogue. They learned, they listened, and he, they were with him when he taught in the synagogues. They were with him when he healed Simeon's mother, mother-in-law of a fever, and, and, and when he healed uh, all kinds of diseases and all kinds of sickness. Everywhere Jesus walked, everything Jesus said, they were right there with him. You can read that right there in the rest of that scripture. They were with him when he drove out the demons out of the demon-possessed man. They saw him one morning, they couldn't find him until so they went looking for him and they found him spending time early in the morning with his father. And he, made, he was an example to them. And God wants you to spend time. God wants to spend time with you. And he wants you to spend time with him. So each day, spend time with God in prayer. And let God talk to you. People say, well, I've never, God's never talked to me. Right here's the whole book, right here. And this is where he talks to you. You can't leave this on the shelf and think you're going to hear from God. Because God speaks to us one of the ways, the great ways is through a word. And we gotta, so you, you let God talk to you through his word. You spend time asking God, God, who do you say I am? What is my purpose? Asking him to teach you to live out your purpose. Folks, the bottom line is this. Our ultimate purpose in life is to know God. That's our ultimate purpose. God created us that we would all know him, that we'd all be in relationship, that none of us would perish. That's his ultimate bottom line is to know God and to love God with all that we are, completely sold out, surrendered to him and to love others with the same passion that Jesus has for us. We are all created To fish for men. And however God ordains that in our life, our lives, no matter what our job or purpose is in life. We are who God says we are. We are His handiwork created to do His purpose with our lives. Now, you know, this week is this message has kind of been banging around in there all week long, could never really get it settled. And I was here early yesterday morning and I was out by the fireplace. That's a great place to work because you can work and sleep same time. And, uh, and, and uh, if you could write a letter to the younger you, you know, if you could write a letter to, that, to the younger you, what would you say to you? What would you say to yourself? You know, so I thought about that. I thought about that for over an hour yesterday. As I sat there, I thought, what what would I write? And I thought about it, and here's what I would say to my six year old self. If I could write a letter to my six year old self, here's what I'd say I would say, You are not the environment, you are not the environment you grew up in. You're not the environment. You grew up in an alcoholic, abusive home, but you're not the environment you grew up in. I would write that to my younger self. I I would say you're not you're not a child of divorce. You're not unimportant. You're not a liar. You're not Herman the Monster. You're not a bastard child. You're not a farm boy. You're not a parts runner. You're not a salesman. You're not a parts manager. You're not an adulterer. You're not a preacher, man. Dear younger Herman Clinton Marston, you are holy. You are righteous. You're set apart. You have a brand new heart. You are a new creation in Christ. You're a child of God. You're a free man. You are God's handiwork. You are his masterpiece. And you were created to be a son, a husband, a father, a grandfather, and to reach people for Jesus. You know, I've not always, I've not always enjoyed this crazy life of mine. It's been a struggle most of my life. But you know, as I've learned through the years, as I've learned to find my identity in Him, I'm finding more peace and joy with who I am than I ever knew as the younger me. And I'm just appreciative of my family, especially Gabe, for walking with me and challenging me to be and see me as God sees me. So my question to you this morning, if you could and you can write a letter to your younger self, what would you say? Who are you? Let's worship together. Could we stand and worship together? Father, we thank you. May your Holy Spirit work in our lives during these moments that we have together. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: You know, as Buddy said, the very first step... May not go, say, take this job and shove it. That's pretty radical. But what the fishermen did was they responded to the voice of Jesus. The very first step. The very first step. They heard him call, they answered his voice. What would you write to your younger self? Younger me Where do I start If I could tell you everything that I know so far You could be One step ahead Of all the painful memories you running through my Wonder how much different things Do you younger me Out of your life To I go deep And try to change The choices that you'll make Is the choices that made me And even though I love this crazy life Sometimes I wish you was A smoother ride To the younger me to fall i Set upon brand new art, you are free indeed.
0: Let's pray together as we close out our time here this morning. Father, we come before you today, and we thank you, Father, that God you have redeemed us. You have set us apart. You have called us and given us a purpose, Lord. And so I pray today, Father, that you would just open our hearts and minds to receive all that you have for us this day. And I I just feel like that I just need to ask you today. Maybe you're here and, and you know, you'd say, you know what, buddy? I I really do want to discover God's purpose for my life. And I would really like for you and Gay to pray for me. So as we close out our time together... if you'd like for us to pray for you that, that you could discover God's purpose for your life. With all of our heads bowed, would you just lift up your hand real quickly and we'll just pray for you? God bless you. Yes, God bless you. How many of you here today would say, you know what, I, I'm not a follower of Jesus Christ, but man, I would love to know Jesus. I would love to be in a relationship with him. I wanna follow him. And if that's you today, would you just simply pray this prayer? along with me as I pray it. You don't have to pray it out loud, but just pray it sincerely in your heart. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on a cross so that I could be forgiven of my sins. Now here's important, Jesus, please forgive me. And then just say, Jesus, I invite you into my life to be my Savior. And then just say, thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for being my savior. Now with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed and just Gay and I looking around, and I want you to do this simply because I want you not to be ashamed of the commitment that you made today to follow Jesus. It's like kind of getting out of the boat and just saying, you know what, I'm gonna gonna follow Jesus. I have a personal relationship with him now. With all of our heads bowed, would you just slip up your hand? Anybody pray that prayer today? Just slip up your hand. Yes, I see your hands over here. Anyone else? Yes. I prayed that prayer. Just slip your hand up. Anybody else? Maybe you're here today and you'd say, you know what? I I really want to surrender my life to God. I really want to be all in. I want to completely commit my life to God. I got a lot to think about. How many of you would say today, Buddy and Gay, would you pray for me that I will make that step of faith and I'll, I will be able to have the faith to completely commit my life to God? Anybody like that today? Just slip up your hand. Yep, I see your hand. Yes, I see your hands. Anyone else? Just slip it right up and put it right back down one more time. Anybody else? I want to commit, completely commit my life to Christ. Anyone else? So Father, we pray for each person today that have raised their hand for one thing or the other. Some, Lord, have said they want to discover your purpose for their life. And Lord, I pray that they'll do what's necessary to do. God, to find your complete and wonderful purpose for their lives. Father, there were some that raised their hand today and said that they had accepted you as their Savior. They want to follow you. And God, I pray that you will just speak to their hearts today and fill them with the sense and peace of Jesus today. And Lord, then there was a couple that raised their hand and said that they want to completely commit their lives to you. Lord, what a bold step. I pray, God, that you will give them the courage, the strength, and the wisdom to step out of the boat and to not only follow you, Lord, but to spend time with you and discover their purpose beyond their job. God, I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.